Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. This is the last Unnecessary Roughness live from Las Vegas, as we will be in Canton, Ohio, starting tomorrow. Very excited to be at the scene of the Hall of Fame, and we'll be on Radio Row right behind Tom Benson Stadium, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it, starting to get some emails in from the Hall of Fame and telling us about this, that, and the other. We're efforting to try to get the Hall of Fame president on the show uh, with us to talk about the festivities that will be going on in Canton, Ohio, so that's something that to look forward to throughout the course of the week. But uh, one more show. Uh, from the home studios, my man DeMond Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. One day I'll actually be in that studio with him. I'm at the home studio right now. Is still preparing for uh, the trip out tonight. So as soon as we uh, show wraps up at 5 o'clock this evening, then I got a lot of hustling I got to do to make sure I get everything squared away and all the business taken care of before we fly on out and uh, land and be in Cleveland around 6, end up around Canton, Ohio, probably about 7 a.m., and Get everything cooking. So uh, we're going to make it happen. Got a lot of folks going. JT the Brick, who just signed off, he's going to be in uh, Canton, Ohio. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, I know they'll be in in uh, Canton, Ohio. So there's going to be a lot of us representing Raider Nation Radio 920 uh, there at Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame. And it should be one hell of a, 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 a time. You know, just a whole week should be a lot of fun. I've had a lot of different radio interview requests coming from all over. I mean, I've been getting calls from people that I've never even talked to before. I got a call the other day from uh, someone from Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) And at first I looked at it on my phone. I thought it was a spam call. So for some dumb reason, I decided to answer it. And it was just someone that wants to do uh, an interview tomorrow talking about the scene there at Canton, Ohio. So obviously the Hall of Fame is big. We're going to soak it all in, and uh, we're going to party for Cliff Branch and, and, and party with uh, Richard Seymour and, of course, uh, party with the Raiders just knowing that, hey, uh, enshrinement forever into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, something that no one can ever take away from these guys that uh, have had these stories, careers, and now uh, will be enshrined forever. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, oh, by the way, there's a game that's going to kick off on Thursday. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's just the first preseason game, but there is a game that's going to take place, Raiders and Jaguars, to kick off this uh, this preseason. So it's going to be uh, a ton of fun. I can't wait to get out there. Got a shout-out to Subaru of Las Vegas, who is uh, the sponsor of the whole trip, so we definitely appreciate them. Uh, you'll hear a lot more about them throughout the course of the week, but uh, definitely want to give them big ups for sponsoring the trip and making it possible that we head to Canton, Ohio. Coming up on the show today, Mike Jarocco from ESPN.com. He'll join the show at 2.30 to talk all things Jaguars as there is a team that's going to be out there going up against the Raiders on Thursday, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have Tony Baselli that's going into the Hall of Fame, and uh, they have a new head coach in Doug Peterson. Of course, Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback there. Uh, Travis Etienne is the running back. He was injured all of last year, so he didn't get any burn. Trevor Lawrence might as well have been injured all last year as he was dealing with Urban Meyer, so that was already a bad enough so now that's a it's new hope in Jacksonville right with Doug Peterson who has a Super Bowl ring uh, under his belt and on his resume so uh, he's being expected and tasked with getting Trevor Lawrence to where he's supposed to be after being the number one overall draft pick just a couple years ago so uh, we'll talk to Mike Duraco all things Jacksonville Jaguars coming up at 2.30 at 3 o'clock our usual Tuesday visit with John McClain the general uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle talking all things NFL and DeMond I don't know is there anything to talk about when it comes to the NFL? Is there any news and notes when it comes to the NFL? 
I think a few things have happened. <laughs> just a few. You know, there's just some tampering going on in Miami. There's Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I'll say this right now off top, and I'll ask John this at 3 o'clock. I don't think that there was any coincidence that the news about the Miami Dolphins came out today after all the uproar about, uh, you know, the lack of suspension to Deshaun Watson. That kind of has taken the headlines now, right? So most folks aren't talking about what happened with Deshaun Watson because everyone's talking about what in the hell's going on in Miami. You know, Stephen Ross being fined one point something million dollars. You know, he's suspended from t- from the team basically till October. Uh, they lose a first round pick in 2023, a third round pick in 2024. I mean, they lost a lot. I, I'm kind of surprised that Tom Brady didn't get any kind of uh, punishment. He got no punishment at all as the Dolphins have been uh, found guilty, basically, uh, that after an investigation that they were tampering with Tom Brady back in 2019, all the way back to 2019, basically trying to get him to be the Miami Dolphins quarterback, also tampering with uh, then Saints head coach Sean Payton. So we'll talk to John about all that. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of punishment that rolled out for Miami, but I was actually surprised that there wasn't a little something-something that came Tom Brady's way. Uh, I guess maybe because he's the player and there's really nothing he could do. I don't know. I mean, I don't, and that's why I will ask John McClain. But what were your thoughts on the punishment for the Dolphins? Well, the Dolphins, what the league said, like unprecedented tampering, right. that's, that lets you know, man, no one's ever stooped this slow. No one's tried to have cheat. Have they? Or have they just not got caught? <laughs> well, no one's ever been dumb enough to get caught trying okay. to cheat this There you hard. go. There you go. That a boy. That a boy. Because if you tell me that at the league meetings and at the combine every year, there's not a ton of cha- tampering going on, then I will tell you that you're insane and I have some land on Mars that I want to sell you. <laughs> I'll buy that too. But I'm <laughs> Because I, you remember when the, when the reports came out, it's like, that's why Tom Brady actually retired. Yeah. This was all part of the big plan. And then Brian Flores' lawsuit really derailed the whole thing and they had to go with the backup plan, which being a safe backup plan, and Mike McDaniel, no, no shout out to him, no harm to him. But I do think that the Brian Flores lawsuit really torpedoed their plans to get in Tom Brady and um, Sean Payton. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, the funny thing about it, we'll talk to John at three o'clock about it, is that for Tom Brady to have been a minority owner of the Dolphins, which is what basically Stephen Ross was offering him, and be the quarterback of the team, all thirty-two owners in the league would have to approve that. And you telling me? Tampa Bay and the Glazer family would have approved that? No. You telling me that Bill Belichick and, and uh, you know, everyone there in New England would have approved that? No. There would have been a lot of teams that said, uh, no, thank you. That's not going to happen. So uh, even though it was a great plan, uh, it was a plan that obviously needed to do a little bit more research because that wouldn't even have been possible for him to be a player and a minority part uh, stake owner. Maybe he'd have to be part owner after he retired. That, that, that could be something. But from the – the way that it's written up and the way that it looks like they were trying to make everything happen, they wouldn't have been able to work at the same time. There's no way that the Glazers in Tampa Bay would have said, yeah, sure, Tom's going to retire on us, and then he's going to go play for you guys. They're going to have to trade for him. and it'll be No, they're not going to do that. There was no way that they were going to let that happen. So uh, just very interesting stuff going out uh, when it comes to Miami. I'll tell you right now, the NFL will probably be happy when the league, when the games actually get going. Is it like, man, we're talking about suspensions, we're talking about fines, we're taking away draft picks. We just want to talk about some games, you know. And so games do start on Thursday, so that'll be fun to be able to talk about that. But we'll talk all things NFL with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock at 3.30. 
Van McElroy, former Raiders safety. He's joined the show many times. He's going to join us to talk about Cliff Branch, as Cliff Branch is the headliner for us uh, as we head to Canton, Ohio, and for the enshrinement ceremony that's going to take place on Saturday. And Van is a great dude. He's joined the show many times. I actually got to uh, meet him and hang out with him a little bit in person last year uh, at the celebration for Tom Flores. And, I mean, just a genuine dude. And so uh, for him to, to join the show today, talk about you know what it was like winning a Super Bowl with Cliff Branch and just what Cliff Branch meant to the league, what he meant to the team, what he meant to him, how he made the defense better just by being the player that he was. And not only that, it's easy to talk about the player, but talk about the person. You know, and when Mark Davis gave the, gave the little story and told the story at Allegiant Stadium right after uh, Sandra Douglas Morgan was hired and was announced as the president of the team, and he mentioned the story about Cliff when uh, his house burnt down and he, he went and got his Super Bowl rings and a couple things, and then next thing you know, he's in Las Vegas and he's helping everyone uh, that was victim to, uh, you know, to, to the tragedy that happened here in Vegas uh, on October 1. It just kind of tells you the kind of person that Cliff Branch was. So not only do we want to deep dive into who he was on the field, but we want to deep dive into who he was off the field as well. So Van McElroy will join us at 3.30 to talk about that. And then we're going to double down when it comes to Cliff Branch. Coming up at 4 o'clock, my guy Stephen Foster. He's from uh, Laying Down the Law, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 in San Antonio, Texas. He's actually a guy that I'm going to meet when we go to – Go to Canton, Ohio. Uh, I, I catch up with him every single year if it's at the Super Bowl, if it's at Canton, Ohio, if it's at some kind of major event here in Las Vegas, whatever the case may be. Me and Foss always catch up somehow. Uh, met him when I was in Texas, and we've been really good friends ever since. He actually has a great story about Cliff Branch, and I know he's told the story on the show before, but uh, it's, it's always good to hear about um, Cliff Branch. And so uh, Steve's story is actually that he learned to catch a football from Cliff Branch. That's how he actually learned how to catch a ball. He ends up going on to be a running back at Princeton and actually played with Jason Garrett, and he played with Super- Superman. I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I'm not a movie guy, a movie buff. I'm not a, whatever. What's what's Superman? Is that Marvel? Is that is that what that would be, Demar? What would that be? No, that's DC. Okay, DC. I'm not a DC. I'm not a Marvel. I'm not any of that. Right? I, I just I don't sign up for any of that stuff. But he went to school with the original. Uh, well, not the original Superman, but a Superman, a version of Superman. So uh, we'll let Steve tell the story because obviously I'm going to mess it all the way up. But uh, he's a good dude and uh, just saw him not too long ago. When did we see? Oh, Super Bowl, Radio Row. He was there in L.A. with us at Radio Row. But uh, he'll tell the story of Cliff Branch, what he meant to him, uh, how he kind of helped shape his uh, football life as well. So a lot of good guests to get to coming up on today's show, starting at 2.30 with Mike DiRocco from ESPN.com, talking all things Jaguars, John McClain at 3, talking all things NFL, Van Mack. Roy at 3.30. We'll talk all things Cliff Branch. At 4 o'clock, Steve Foster will close us out with our guest talking all things Cliff Branch as well and how he helped shape his football life. So now you know the guest coming up on the show. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You know it's game week when there's actually a depth chart that's released, you know, and I get excited when I see a depth chart, and I know that fans get excited when they see a depth chart as well, and we have to remember it is August 2nd, so we know that this depth chart is not official. This depth chart 
means really nothing. It's probably worth about as much as the paper that it's printed on right now, but it's cool to see it. That means that you know that football activities are right around the corner. So uh, the Raiders sent out their uh, depth chart for week one of the preseason uh, this this week. Matter of fact, today we got it earlier. And so uh, just kind of looking up at it up and down and, you know, no surprise there. And just because these guys are listed as the first team doesn't mean that they're going to play on Thursday. So just go ahead and, and remember that. But, you know, the, no surprise when it comes to the wide receiver position when you have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfrew. Uh, left tackle, no surprise when you have Colton Miller. Left guard, right now penciled in is John Simpson. Center is Andre James. Right guard, Lester Cotton Sr., a guy we talked about quite a bit. And then the right tackle, Alex Leatherwood. That's the first team offensive line right now on the depth chart. Behind Colton Miller at the left tackle position, Jackson Barton. And I'll say this about Jackson Barton. Me and Vinny Bonsignor were talking about Jackson the other day when we were at training camp. Jackson is that dude that if you're walking down the street and you see him coming towards you, you definitely want to cross the street, right? He just has that look where, yeah, you don't want no part of that. So uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good player, and he's out there, and he's competing along that offensive line. But I'll tell you what, man, if intimidation got you somewhere, Jackson Barton would definitely fit that role. He, I mean, he looks the part for sure. He's got a tooth that's missing. I mean, he just, I'm telling you, everything looks like just an offensive lineman that you do not want to tangle with down in the trenches. But he's a second-team left tackle right now. Uh, rookie Dylan Parham is second-team left guard right behind John Simpson. Uh, then you got uh, Hironis Grassu. He's the le- the second-team second center behind Andre James. You have Jermaine Illuminor behind Lester Cotton Sr. And then Brandon Parker uh, at right tackle behind Alex Leatherwood. So uh, there you go. That's the first and second team offensive line. Of course, that's a, a, a lot of the, what we're going to be paying attention to, the offensive lines, see who stands up, who doesn't, you know, who does what against a, another team that's not wearing silver and black. So uh, it should be fun just to go ahead and, and uh, you know, check out this game on Thursday and see where these guys are. Uh, they've had, what, 10, 10 practices now and a, and a handful of padded practices. So, uh, you know, the first stage of training camp is in the books, and they're just they're going to continue to try to build and build, and, and that's what it is. When you're going through training camp, it's a building process. So that's what the Raiders are doing right now. As far as the quarterbacks go, of course, D.C. is quarterback one. Jarrett Stidham is uh, on the second-team quarterback with Nick Mullins at the third-string quarterback right now. Of course, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's he's uh, the starting running back. Behind uh, him is Brandon Bolden, and Kenyon Drake is uh, the third string with Amir Abdullah uh, on the fourth spot. But in the second second run of running backs, Zamir White is is there right next to Brandon Bolden. So it's basically Brandon Bolden and Zamir White with the second team running backs. Britton Brown, the seventh round pick out of UCLA, is with the third uh, string running backs with Kenyon Drake. And so again, this is all unofficial. So nothing to get all super excited or super hyped up about. It is just what they have to release. They have to release something on the game week. Uh, as far as the defense goes, and this is where uh, I got a little got a little interested in and, and definitely want to throw it out there to you, Raider Nation, want to hear your feedback on it. Uh, looking across the line, not really any surprises there. Uh, defensive tackle Andrew Billings is penciled in as a starting defensive tackle right now, but that's due to injury and, and uh, you know, like Jonathan Hankins is out right now. Bilal Nichols is out right now. Uh, you know, Neil Farrell Jr. is a, is a rookie. So, uh, you know, again, don't take too much from this. But Looking at the cornerback position, I did get uh, you know pretty intrigued by this that Nate Hobbs is listed as an outside corner. You know, and last season we remember he was listed as the slot, the starting slot corner, and then he's opposite of Rocky Sin. Now we do know Trayvon Mullen; he's out, he's on the pup list right now. So you know, you you imagine that he'll be competing for that outside spot when he does return. But right now he's not out there. And what I've seen from Nate Hobbs so far is him doing a lot of traveling with Devontae Adams and squaring up against him. So I'm just wondering. 
and this is just pure me wondering, could there be a scenario, and Damon, I'll ask you first, could there be a scenario where you see Nate Hobbs just travel and follow the best wide receiver on the team? And he could do, we know he could do everything, and this is why it's not, it's not crazy to think this way. We know he can thrive in the slot. We know he's played outside in college. We talked about him kicking outside a couple times, even last year, his rookie year. You think there's any possibility that Nate Hobbs may be one of those guys that just travels with the best wide receiver on the opposing team? That would be interesting to see because I do think that he could play outside. I think if they wanted to say, hey, you're going to be starting across from Rocky Asin, and that's just where he's going to be, I think he'd excel at that too. So that would be an interesting concept to just say, hey, man, whoever we think in the matchup when we do the film study we think is going to give us a problem, you're just going to stick on him like glue. That would be a lot of responsibility, but I do think he's up for the challenge. I, I don't think that's what I say. I don't think the challenge is too big for him. I mean, I really don't, just because uh, we know what he brings to the table, right? We know that he's got that dog mentality. Uh, Vinny, uh, he actually described it perfectly this morning on uh, on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. He he described uh, Nate Hobbs really to a T. He said one thing he said to us when he met with us the other day during uh, training camp. He and I think it was Saturday when he met with us. He said. Uh, he was asked about going up against somebody, and I think it might have been going up against Devontae Adams or, or just – I don't know how, how it came up, but he basically said, look, man, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I ain't supposed to be there. You know, and, and a lot of people can say where they're from and make it sound like it's, you know, it's all that you – know, you're, you're cut differently because you're from there. But when he went on to explain that, hey, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, I don't know anyone around me. You know, I don't have any friends that have made it to the next level. I have, you know, no one is expected to really amount to anything from where I'm from. And, you know, I've been overlooked, and I just kind of continue to grind, and that's always been a, a chip on his shoulder, and that's just what he, he rides with. And, you know, it was, it was just such a great answer. But uh, as Vinny explained it this morning, it was almost to the, the point of, look, I'm not supposed to be here anyway. I'm going to go out there, and I respect everyone I play against, but I don't fear anybody. I don't fear anybody. Like, you could be as good as you want to be, but I feel like I can run with you no matter what. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to win every single time and that there's nobody that's going to be able to defeat him, but it's the kind of mentality that you have to have, especially in that position where, hey, man, that guy across from me is just another dude. He puts his pants on the same way I do, right? He ain't, he ain't that special. I'll go out there and do what I got to do. So that's kind of what I see from, from Nate Hobbs. And, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be traveling. He may just end up being the starting slot, slot uh, corner, and that's fine. That's a very tough position to play, right? You have all that space that you're working with. You never know which way the wide receiver is going to go. And he did a great job of it last year. So I wouldn't have any problem if he, you know, that's the role he played. But I also wouldn't have a problem if they decided, Patrick Graham and company decided, you know what? Let's let this young man run with the guys. Let him, let him go ahead and travel with, with the best wide receiver because that's what he's been doing. We've seen him do that in camp so far. So I, I found that to be a little interesting that Nate Hobbs and Rocky Sin were the two starting uh, corners with Amik Robertson behind Nate and Anthony Averett behind Rocky Sin. Of course, uh, Trayvon Mullen is out right now. Darius Phillips is behind them. Uh, starting safeties, this was kind of interesting. Trayvon Merrick and Jonathan Abram with Jerron Harmon and Roger Teamer behind him. Roger Teamer's been out since he had a collision with Jonathan Abram. But, I, you know, this first game, and I know that just because what we see in the first game uh, you know, it's, it's going to give us a, somewhat of an idea, and we're going to come back and talk about what we saw in the first game. Like on Friday, can't wait to talk about actual game, right? That's going to be fun. But just because it happens in game one doesn't mean that it's going to be set in stone. So I'm very interested to see what happens with Jonathan Abram and how, they, how Patrick Graham has him playing defense out there for him on Thursday. Because I do think Jonathan Abram will get a little bit of burn. I, I do expect some guys to get a little bit – 
get a little bit of burn here and there, but uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly who's out there. But the question that I, I had to you, I mean, I threw out the, the question about Nate Hobbs. That was just kind of me on a, you know, on a whim. But I do want to know from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200 and Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Who are you going to be paying the most attention to on Thursday during the Hall of Fame game? I know that we'll be watching the game collectively. Like, everybody's going to be watching the game just wanting to see the game. But who is it that you really want to focus in on and really see what they have to bring to the table? For me, it's normally young dudes, right? It's normally young dudes and defense. And I don't know why that is for me, but in a preseason game, especially like the first one, it's going to be young guys that have been on the team maybe a year or two and then guys on defense. Those, that'll be my focus right there. Uh, so I want to hear from you and who, let me know who you're going to be focusing on, what you're going to be focusing on. Maybe it's a position group, but uh, let me know about it. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, up first, we got my man Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, thank you, Demon and Q, for taking my call. And I flipped it out of time. You know, you got to show some love to D-Man sometimes. <laughs> right. But um, check it out. I, I want to start with the Hobbs thing. Since he just touched on it, I don't. I can't speak for the whole nation because we're so deep. But I'm gonna say this: I know a huge chunk of the nation's been waiting for a guy to come through with that. That's the epitome of a Raider right there. I don't care who you are. We're gonna go to the toe. That's who we've always been. I don't care if you're the purple people eaters. You consider yourself an iron curtain. It don't matter. We're gonna ball. We're gonna. We're gonna go in there and take what we want. Is that not what Al Davis said? And that's the mentality I see when I see that guy. Nobody expected nothing of him, you know? We, we, we thought he was going to be a good guy. You know, we were hoping for a nice, a nice solid back. But look at him, proving us all wrong. That's what I want to see. Hell yeah. You don't ex- nobody expects somebody from Louisville to do that. Nobody expected D-Mac to be the beast that he was before they ran his, you know, legs dry in, in Arkansas. He came out of, out of Little Rock. Little Rock in the 90s was not a good place to be, you know? And he made himself, he stuck to football, he got to the, to the hogs, and he, he put in work. That's what I love to see in the Raider Nation, you know? Like, we're a blue-collar team, you know? All our fam- the majority of the fan base up until this point has been blue-collar people. We work hard, we earn our living, you know? We, we, we live and die with our team, and we spend our hard-earned money on them. And it's good to see somebody that stands up like the rest of us do and say, you know, in a world of nonsense, we don't care. We're still going to duke it out. And that's beautiful to see. And we're starting to see that with a few of the younger drafted. For all the grief that we gave Mayock and Gruden, look at the gems that they've given us, you know. Like, yeah, the first round, whatever. Everybody falls in love with the name. Before Gruden came, there was Jamarcus Russell. You talk all the time about Bigfoot, Mullen Palmu. You know, we've had our fair share of those guys. I don't care anymore if we if we whiff on those. If we can continue to get gems like, you know, a Hobbs in the making, a Max Crosby who's at this point already made it and is still hungry. He got his check and he ain't take a he doesn't take a playoff. That's what I want to see. That's the heart of a Raider, and that's what beats in all of us. It might be, you know, 12th hour in the day. You're not going to give up. you got a job to do. It's got to get done. Well, that's the Raiders today. Everybody wants to talk about this way, that way. It's the Raider way. The Raider way is to get the job done by any means possible. What did Al Davis say? 
before he kissed that trophy in Roosevelt's face, just win, baby. And that's what I see. I see that fire that burns brightest, which is in the Raiders organization, which is the future, developing in front of me. And that's, oh, man. I can hardly hold it in because it's such a good thing to see. So long we've been beaten down and, you know, ridiculed and laughed at because our teams made poor decisions. Well, I'm here to say since McKen- since Reggie McKenzie came in and started to clean some things up, and then after that it just kept going, we've improved. We're not that team anymore that everybody can laugh at. The rest of the nation hasn't noticed that as far as, you know, the, the media and everything, but they're going to. They're not going to have a choice, and I believe that. Now, right. who I'm keeping my eye on yep. is the coach. He's, he's going to lead the way. We're going to see if he's that whiz kid. And if you can, get us past the minus fours. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. There you go. Fargo Raider, pretty fired up right there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, as far as Nate Hobbs goes and uh, the young dudes, there's some young players on the team that are, are really good that I believe that uh, the team can really build around and, and have some uh, quality teams for years to come, right? But you have to, you do have to hit on some of your first round picks. You do need to be able to have that fifth year option uh, and have the option to pick up the fifth year option. Unlike what they did this year, where they didn't pick up any of them. So uh, you want to hit on your first round picks as well. But it's great when you're able to hit on your middle round picks, and that's something that the Rams have done a really good job of. Right? They don't even have first round picks, and they've just been doing a really good job hitting on their late round picks. So the good thing is that they did that. You know, now they missed on some pretty pretty big picks as well as far as, you know, being able to build around them and, and, and keep that team around for a long time. I mean, there's, you know, obviously a lot of question marks going into this year when you look at, you know, Cleve Furrow, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram, all three got their fifth-year option, uh, you know, declined. And so who, who knows where they're going to be playing a year from now. But that's not for us to worry about right now. That's for, you know, them to go out and, and play as well as they can. And they're playing for a contract not only with the Raiders, but they're playing for a contract across the whole NFL. Let's talk real quick to Tim in Texas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, how y'all doing? I just uh, I just wanted to say that I'm just real uh, excited about this season, and I think we did still we we still had a a, um, a lot of good players from the holdover from last year. Um, I'm glad that we have the people that we have now because they're not afraid to actually make a move. With them going, with them trading the first round pick and the second round pick to get uh, to get Devontae Adams, I mean I mean that's that's the type of stuff that I was kind of asking for Mayock them to do. Uh, before I know they were trying to hold on to draft picks and stuff like that, but uh, but it's one thing I really noticed that uh, if we wouldn't have traded uh, for Devontae Adams, all the best wide receivers was gone by the time we would have picked. Right. All of them, they were they were out of there. They was gone. But I'm just so excited for this season. I just think that uh, uh, for the first time in a while, that I just really, I really, I, I'm really thinking Super Bowl. Uh, deep into the playoffs, Super Bowl, instead of just making it to the playoffs or just trying to win the division. All right. Well, thank, thank you for the call, my man. And, look, you got to get to the playoffs before you can do anything. So that's got to be the number one goal is get to the playoffs. But you're right. With the talent that they have, and now, look, it's a long season. you got to stay healthy. A lot of things have to go right for you. But with all the talent that they have, they should be able to be fighting for a playoff position and then make a run. Once you get to the playoffs, man, all bets are off. You have an opportunity to do whatever you can. You know, I didn't think Cincinnati would make a run to the Super Bowl last season, uh, but they did. You know, so anything happens, but you've got to get to the playoffs before any of it could happen. So that's got to be the number one goal. And honestly, uh, as much as I think that just getting to the playoffs would be good, I think that you really have to try to target winning your division. 
You know, I mean, of course, you want to get in no matter how. You know, wild card's great as well. But if you actually win the division, you have an opportunity to maybe be that one seed and maybe have, you know, a, a, a bye week. That would be great as well. Now, again, just getting into the playoffs is, is, is what you want to do. But if you could be a little greedy, go ahead and try to win that division. 227 is the time. Thank you for those calls. We appreciate you. We'll get back to those in a few. But right now, coming up next, Mike DiRocco from ESPN.com. He'll give us a preview of that other team playing the Raiders on Thursday in the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Through the question out there on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R, who will you be paying the most attention to on Thursday? During the Hall of Fame game, don't expect to see uh, starters. Don't expect to see uh, big-time players that you'll see in the regular season. But just for your money, who will you be focusing in on Thursday in Canton, Ohio, when the Raiders take on the Jaguars? Hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Joining us now on the phone lines to give us a, a little bit of a preview of that team the Raiders will be playing on Thursday is Mike Duraco from ESPN.com on Twitter, at ESPN Duraco. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Before we get into the game on Thursday – How's camp been going? I mean, you got Doug Peterson is there now as the as the head coach as opposed to Urban Meyer, so I'm assuming things are a little bit more calm. But what has it been like so far at camp for Jacksonville? Uh, it's like there's an adult in charge um, <laughs> now, uh, so that uh, seems to be uh, a much welcome change uh, inside the locker room. We've had several players, you know, since the coaching change, and in, in, uh, and Doug Peterson was hired in January, where they said, yeah, you know, he's treating us like professionals. We're being treated like men. Um, you know, it's nice to have a guy that has played in the league, that has coached in the league, and it's nice to have guys on the staff that have either played or coached in the league for a long time, so they feel like it's a much better um, atmosphere in terms of, you know, practice and meetings and in the locker room and playing and that, you know, they feel, feel there'll be much more, uh, they'll be in a much better frame of mind when it comes to, you know, winning games or trying to win games anyway. So camp has been, you know, uneventful, which I think is the best thing that could have happened to the Jaguars. You didn't really want any kind of, after last year and all the distractions and turmoil and everything, you just kind of wanted it to be a, a pretty quiet camp and that's what it's been so far. You know, it sounds like uh, Raiders camp, right? It's been really quiet. There hasn't been a whole lot of distractions. It's all been about football. So I think that the Raiders and Jaguars are really in the same position. As far as head coach Doug Peterson goes, this guy comes with a Super Bowl uh, ring on his resume. You know, how much does that help with Trevor Lawrence? And and how much does that, you know, relationship, how how much have you seen that relationship kind of grow as he's tasked with the job of trying to uh, get Trevor Lawrence to be the quarterback that everyone expected when he was drafted number one overall? You know, Trevor's talked about that with us and said it, 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 he loves it. I mean, he loves the fact that he, that he can go to Doug, who's been in the league and played the position um, and understands what it is to call plays and understands what it is to, you know, to be in, you know, the midst of everything that's going on on the field and has, you know, established himself as kind of a, a little bit of a quarterback whisperer. Let's not forget, he had Carson Wentz as an MVP candidate before he got injured, and, and he had uh, he won a Super Bowl uh, with Nick Foles as his starting quarterback. And, right. and, you know, we all saw how the disaster of Nick Foles was here when he was here in 2019. So, 
Um, you know, it's not only Peterson, though. I mean, he's got Mike McCoy, the quarterback's coach, former Chargers head coach, who was a, a, college, a former quarterback uh, in college in the NFL. Jim Bob Cooter's the passing game coordinator, and he was a former college quarterback. And Press Taylor is the offensive coordinator, and he's a former uh, college quarterback as well. So you've got essentially four guys right there um, for Trevor to turn to anytime he needs a resource. And so far, you know, you worry, you know, when you've got four guys like that about conflicting messages and they're not being in agreement on some things. But so far, and again, it's early in camp. We haven't gotten to the season. But so far, it's been pretty harmonious. And you can see with, with Trevor Lawrence, he looks more calm. He looks more confident. He's anticipating some throws better. Um, you know, he's only thrown, uh, he's thrown two interceptions in camp. The first one was a ball that Evan Ingram should have caught in the end zone and bounced off his hands and was intercepted. And then the only other throw that was intercepted, um, you know, they kind of whistled the play dead as a sack, but Trevor threw the ball deep anyway, and, and Jack Griffin picked it off. So in reality, in live plays, you know, other than that, that deflected pass, he hasn't thrown a pick in camp through eight practices. So that's a really good start. Talking all things Jacksonville Jaguars right now with Mike Duraco from ESPN. You can check him out on Twitter at ESPN Duraco. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Mike, you've already tweeted out per Coach Doug Peterson that Trevor Lawrence will not be playing in Thursday's Hall of Fame game. Is that just because of the ceremoniousness of this first game, or should we not expect to see him, see him in preseason at all? No, you'll see him in preseason some, but not this first game. Um, you know, this is you know they've, they've only been here, they've only had eight practices. So, you know, they didn't come to camp early. I think the Raiders came in almost a week earlier than yeah. the Jaguars did. Um, so, you know, there's no need to play him in this first game. Um, you know, Travis Etienne isn't going to play either. He's coming back from an injury. Um, C.J. Beathard, who has a groin injury, uh, isn't going to play. So it'll be the Jake Luton show um, <laughs> at quarterback. He'll start. Um, so good luck with that. But it'll be, uh, you know, he'll get some work because you have to give him some work. You've got to get him on the field with these guys in a new offense, um, you know, trying to get the timing down in the game with new receivers, you know, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, the tight end I mentioned. So, but I'm not expecting it. He won't play this week. Maybe the second game he'll get a drive. The third game he'll probably get the most that he plays. And then, you know, again, the fourth game for them will be normal. Uh, you know, what we expect in the last preseason game, which is, you know, the bottom of the roster guys fight. What uh what has been the early impressions on the new weapons like the Christian Kirks, like the Zay Jones, like the you know the other guys that, that you mentioned are back? Even Travis Etienne, who didn't play last year because of injury, uh, what has that been like so far? Just them kind of uh, trying to get on the same page there in camp. Yeah, it's been fun to watch because you know last year it was just an, it was not a good group of weapons, um, and, and you know Marvin Jones was the best guy that they had. DJ Chark got hurt. Um, and Marvin Jones is a fine guy, but he's a number three at this point. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, LaVisca Chenault had a bad year. He led the, I think he was tied for second in the league with drops. The Jaguar receivers all together led the league in, in drops with 39. So it was, it was awful. So it's a big upgrade with Christian Kirk. Now, is he a number one ride receiver? No, but he's going to be their number one, if that makes sense. Right. Um, you know, and, and Zay Jones, who, who you guys have probably – know a little bit about obviously he's uh he's going to be uh you know their ex receiver and, and they like what they've seen from him evan ingram i think is a really really good signing it's a one-year prove it deal i think he'll be a 50 catch guy um but the, the guy i think everybody's most excited about is travis Etienne because he obviously he didn't play last year he had the liz frank injury but he's been if you ask me who's the most impressive offensive player in camp 
not named Trevor Lawrence, it would be Travis Etienne. He's been really explosive. Um, he's got no limitations. He's cutting. He's you know, getting the corner. Um, they're moving him all around, running back. He's lined up in the slot. He's lined up out wide. Uh, they're going to use him pretty heavily in the pass game. So, yeah, it's it's not a overall great group of pass catchers and weapons, but it's markedly better than it was last year. All right, Mike, and you mentioned something there, the most impressive person on the offensive side. Who's impressed on the defensive side? Because besides Josh Allen, I don't really know too much about this Jaguars defense. Yeah, nobody does, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> uh, last year was a bad unit. Um, but Josh has been probably the best defensive player in camp. Um, you know, he blew up a couple of uh, plays behind the line of scrimmage yesterday. Uh, one was a wide receiver screen. The other was, uh, you know, a running back trying to hide. He's got um, a couple of pass breakdowns in 11-on-11. He's got at least two sacks. Those are kind of hard to determine, you know what I mean, in these, these situations. But he's kind of been pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, they, they've, they've really revamped the whole linebacker unit. They brought in Foyer Lewican from the Falcons, who led the, the league in tackles last year, drafted Devin Lloyd out of Utah, a playmaking linebacker that they can – play inside and out and rush the passer if they need him to a little bit. Obviously, Trayvon Walker, the number one pick, um, you know, he's uh, going to play outside linebacker. He's just an athletic freak, but we saw in one-on-ones the other day that he has a very bare cupboard when it comes to pass rush moves. Uh, you know, he actually doesn't have any uh, at this point, and that's kind of expected because he played inside. Right. At um, you know at Georgia, so I mean that's going to be a process for him to develop. But Josh Allen has been their best defensive player, but this unit should be better. Um, you know, up front they added Foley Fadakasi from uh, from the uh, New York Jets, who's a pretty solid run defender. Added Darius Williams, the corner. He'll be their nickel corner from the Rams. Um, he hasn't practiced yet. He's dealing with a shoulder though that's left over from the off season, so he's been sort of non-contact. But you know they've got a few more pieces in place. Uh, but again, it'll be better. Will it be an elite defense? No, but it will be better than the unit last year, provided that they can force turnovers because they were the worst in the league at doing it last year. And, and as you guys know, I mean, you, you, I think their turnover differential was minus 20. Um, and you can't win a heck of a lot of games in the NFL if you're turning it over way more than you're forcing. And this unit just hasn't forced a lot. So they hope that the guys that they added will help them with that. You know, it sounds like the Raiders, again, with forcing turnovers. They didn't force a lot last season either. So there you go. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Obviously, the Raiders made the playoffs, but a lot of similarities still between the two teams uh, from a year ago. Again, we're talking with Mike DiRocco from ESPN.com, talking all things Jacksonville Jaguars. And, Mike, just got a couple more questions for you. Tony Baselli, he's the guy that's going into the Hall of Fame for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got to talk to him on Radio Row there in L.A. before the announcement was made, and I know that he was campaigning, trying to get in there. Uh, I'm sure he's fired up and excited what does he mean to the organization and and how pumped up are they that he's getting into the hall uh well i mean it's it, 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 it there's going to be a huge contingent of jaguar fans there from uh from what i've been told um you know it, look he's the first guy yeah. going in from the from the franchise i mean in, in the first draft pick um he's you know the best player that's ever played here mm-hmm. uh, you know he's a part of the the community still he stayed here obviously and, you know, he's part of their radio broadcast team. And, uh, you know, everybody just was excited as I'll get out when, you know, his name finally, you know, got called. I mean, people around here had been hoping it would happen for years, and it finally did. But, I mean, the Jags are playing a big celebration for him. 
obviously. So it, it's a it's going to be a pretty special moment. Certainly, you know, this franchise, other than the early days, you know, in the, the late 90s and, you know, pocket here and there in 2017, really hasn't had much to be excited about uh, over the last 25-plus years. Um, and this is one of the first things, you know, in, in a decade maybe that, that they can really sink their teeth into and really kind of get behind. So uh, I think everyone's going to be, you know, exceptionally excited. And Tony's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I talked to him the other day, uh, actually, for a story that I'm working on about him and his dad. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be an emotional moment for him, sure, surely for all the guys that are going in. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch on Saturday. Yeah, it will. I can't wait. I'm flying out tonight to get there, so I'm excited to, to be there and be able to take in all the festivities and see, obviously, uh, Cliff Branch being put in, obviously too late, but still his family will be there, soak that in. Richard Seymour, Tony Baselli, and many others that are going to be into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mike, to uh, close things out, uh, this time of year, you know, training camp, every fan base believes that their team is going to make the playoffs <laughs> and go to the Super Bowl, and they're the best team ever, but Jacksonville's added a lot of pieces, added a new coach that has a ring. You know, how much better do you think Jacksonville could be this upcoming year? Well, just by the fact that there's a competent professional um, head coach that knows what he's doing and the staff that knows what they're doing in place uh, is a huge difference. That cannot be overlooked. It was just such a disaster last year. Uh, That being said, you know, they played AFC West. Um, I'm expecting them to get swept there. They don't win in Nashville, haven't won in Nashville since 2013. Um, so, you know, before we even get out of the gate, that's five losses on their schedule right there. So I think the over-under in, in your town is six and a half, and, and if I were laying money, I would say six uh, wins would be sort of where I expect them to be. Maybe they steal one here or there and get to seven. Um, but I, this is not a playoff team. But they'll, they'll be better, and to be honest with you, after the last two years where they've won four games combined, if they win six games, you know, they might start building a, a, a Doug Peterson statue outside the stadium, to be honest with you. Hey, I know that's right. Look, sometimes you, you got to build it, man. I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> you got to build it. And so now Doug Peterson's getting his crack at building this thing up in Jacksonville. And it looks like he's got some good pieces to work with, but they're young and they've got to develop. So, Mike, great stuff as always, my man. I know you teased that you're putting out a piece on Tony Baselli and his dad. Uh, go ahead and let us know what you're working on so uh, we can be on the lookout for it. Yeah, you know, Tony's dad, unfortunately, passed away um, in May of 2021, and um, that was just, uh, you know, he found out in, in, I think it was January, over the holidays in 2021, that he knew that he didn't get in last year. And, um, you know, the one thing he told his wife was that, you know, the, the bad news is, is I didn't get in. The worst news is, is I don't think my dad's, my dad's not doing well, and I'm not sure that he's going to be around if I ever do get in. So, um, it was pretty heartbreaking, um, you know, for his life. And, and what they did was, you know, they put together, a, they did a tribute video uh, about Tony. And the last person on the video was um, his dad, who they taped, um, you know, about a month before he passed away, oh, just wow. to have that to show to Tony. So that was, uh, that's what the story's about. So it's pretty, uh, pretty heartbreaking story. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, Tony's obviously very close to his dad, and he said, you know, hey, look, I know he's not there, but I know he is there, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does, and that sounds like it's a very emotional piece. It's definitely something to look out for. When when are you dropping that? Is that that this week? Yes, it's running Thursday, I believe. I was told Thursday, so I think that's the day it's going to run. Uh, there it is. Well, I'll be checking it out for sure. Great stuff, as always, Mike. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it.
I appreciate you. There he goes, Mike Duraco, ESPN.com on Twitter, at ESPN Duraco, and that sounds like a hell of a piece. That really does, man. Uh, Tony Baselli and his pops, and just hearing that story, uh, that sounds like that's going to be good, so I'll definitely be paying attention to the .com coming up on Thursday to see when that drops and just read it and get – uh, it's, it's, it's emotional. I can tell it's emotional. I mean, it sounded emotional as he started to break it down. So we definitely appreciate him and his time this afternoon, giving us a little bit of preview of what to expect, not only from just the team in general, but also Thursday for the hall of fame game. Two forty-six is the time. We'll come back, close out our number one of the show. Got a ton of text messages to get to. Who are you going to be paying the most attention to on Thursday? What position group are you going to be paying the most attention to? What's going to have your eyes? Really the question we want to know here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I'm playing whatever the coach call. You know what I'm saying? Whatever position I got to be in doing that, that's what I'm going to do. So, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Nate Hobbs right there from Saturday talking about he'll play wherever the coach tells him to play. Some that we mentioned earlier on the show today as he's listed on the first step chart as an outside cornerback. Uh, again, don't take the depth chart too seriously. It's only August 2nd. It's not set in stone. It's not the Bible. You know, it's not gospel. It's just the first depth chart. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, I would be interested to see, and I'd sign up for watching Nate Hobbs follow the best wide receiver on the opposing team, and I think he'd be all for that as well. But the question I threw out there on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R is about who you're going to be paying attention to the most come Thursday you know is there a certain position group if you're going to be looking at a certain player I like to look at the young guys and the defense but that's just me Sir Whiskey Ray said Q and D the player players that I'm going to pay close attention to will be our offensive line here on Thursday evening I think it's important that the offensive line makes some serious noise and plays like a bully it starts up front as we know I really hope our offensive line makes strides here in the preseason and it carries into the upcoming regular season a healthy and physical offensive line will only make our quarterback play that much better. Let's go Raiders. And what I'm excited, and thank you, Sir, Sir Whiskey Ray, for that text. What I'm excited about the offensive line and why I didn't mention them is because I believe there's going to be such a healthy rotation along that offensive line throughout the course of the preseason until they find that starting five that it's, it's almost like, yeah, I'm going to be paying attention to all of them just to see what they do individually really well. But at some point, they have to come together as a unit. They have to make a decision on who the, the five are going to be and let them get some burn as a unit. So I know that this starting five, there's a good chance that this starting five is not going to be the starting five come September 11th. So I'm just kind of really looking at offensive linemen in general as individuals right now until we have a better idea of who the starting five will be. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. We have John McClain uh, from the Houston Chronicle coming up at the top of the hour. But let's talk to our, our favorite home girl, Just Win Wendy. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? I'm going to be on the red eye, too, so I was going to say I'll DM you and tell you, but I'll be arriving about the same time you do. Nice. And uh, maybe we'll run into each other at the car rental place or something. Yep, yep. Uh, But, um, you know, I got a couple of things on this. Um, Number one, I can't say which one guy I'm going to be looking at, but what I want to look at is um, the, the way they play. Number one, are they are they communicating? Are they looking terribly confused, like when Holly Boy was <laughs> right, right, right? My old, my old, terrible defensor, defensive guy that I hated. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, and yeah, I want to see, I want to see the DBs. I want to see how they do. I'm more interested in the defense and how they do because I like, I'm totally down with the offense, and we're not going to see any starters. So it's like, right. 
I really want to see how the defense communicates and gets going. But my one guy that I want to listen to, that I want to hear or see, is our new voice of the Raiders. I want to see how and hear how he does. Yeah. And so I'm hoping it's going to stream on the, on, the, on the Raiders app so I can listen to it during the game and see how he does with Lincoln. There you go. I like it. I like it. Great call. Just win, Wendy. And, yeah, we might end up on the same plane or at least at the airport at the same time. Uh, so I'll definitely look out for you. And uh, I don't think that it streams on the, the Raiders app. It's not a, they're not allowed to, to stream it. Uh, I know we'll have it streaming locally, but we're only allowed to stream it for a certain amount of, of range, like 75 miles. So it's not very long. Uh, it's just an NFL rule. It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with the Raiders. They just don't allow that. Um, so you'll probably be able to hear him on – uh, maybe Sirius XM if you uh, if you buy that uh, whatever channel the the NFL has that I think that they'll have it on that. Uh, also, I'm trying to think what else uh, where else you could be listen to it and be at the be there at the same time. I'm not too sure, but I'll I'll, I'll look into it. I know on Raiders.com they have multiple different ways that you can check out the game, watch it, or listen to it. So if you want to give it a look, go ahead and check it out on Raiders.com. But yeah, Jason Horowitz uh, is a guy that you know this this first go around with him and Lincoln on Thursday is not going to be the final one, right? They still have to uh, get to know each other and learn each other's tendencies, and uh, that's a rhythm, man. It's just like playing in a game. It's a rhythm. You know, you have to know when one guy is going to stop talking, the other guy is going to pick it up, and, you know, it's just it's all about rhythm and communication, and, and even though they're not saying, all right, Lincoln, you go, you know, and, and all right, Jason, back to you or whatever. I mean, it's just it's all about getting to know each other, so uh, don't don't uh, listen to the first broadcast and be like, oh, my God, this guy's terrible, or oh, my God, this guy's great. Just take it with a grain of salt because it's a preseason one, run one for everybody. So it's not going to be perfect today, but it will be it'll be where it needs to be when it gets there, right? I mean, it's just kind of what it is. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. 2.56 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Talk to John McClain. Talk to all things NFL. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.